Well, brothers, again, this afternoon, it's uh, good we could gather to fellowship. Amen. Uh, over, I don't know, 15 years now, I think, we began to have this kind of meeting following the spring uh, in a row to fellowship about the young people's work um, in the Lord's recovery. Um, there, we felt there was a need, you know, to gather brothers from different countries, different places, to just find out what are the struggles, what are the things that we're dealing with, things that we're having difficulty with, and, and being able to fellowship. And as the years went by, this meeting became more and more an opportunity for both Brother Ricky and myself and others to uh, fellowship some of the things that we were seeing and some of the uh, uh, burdens that needed to be developed. And uh, the Lord was really uh, quite uh, uh, strong to lead us in a particular way uh, some years ago. And so we used this as a kind of forum for us to open up. Both, uh, both Ricky and I, we get around, Brother Dennis too, and at the time uh, Brother Benjamin was with us a lot, we would travel to many places. And so we were getting kind of a sense of what was happening um, in various places. And so we, we always had this burden to have this kind of fellowship, uh, but it's really, really, uh, it's quite a collection uh, here of brothers. Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> you know, uh, we just finished uh, just the most amazing uh, three days of fellowship from, from the Lord, from the throne. And the burden that the brothers released this time on the person, you know, taking the Lord as our person and living him in and for the church life uh, really was a conference or training that was touching our being. Its whole zero was not on our methods or our practices. I mean, if you came for a training on how to be a a leading one, you know, uh, we're having a leadership conference uh, in, in the churches. Uh, you got nothing except exposed maybe a lot. That all those kind of methods will burn in the lake of fire. But we saw something, how the Lord needs to gain our person. That to do any kind of work in the Lord's recovery, any kind of service requires that we first be worked on by the Lord. Amen. You know, one of the first books that I hope we all would read after coming to the Lord's recovery is the book Experience of Life. And in the third chapter, first chapter is on regeneration, which is the first experience of life. And the second one, which is really still part of the first, chapter, uh, first experience, is clearance of the past. After that, you get to the experience of consecration. And in the, in the chapter on consecration, one of the steps is that we are uh, worked on by the Lord so that we could work for Him. You know, you have the, the basis of consecration and the motive and the, uh, the purpose and the, the result or the issue. I, I forget the five. I didn't study them. But anyway, the purpose of consecration. The reason why we give ourselves to the Lord is so that He will work on us so that we can work for Him. 
You know, after that, those were messages given in the early 50s in Taiwan, but after that, Brother Lee didn't talk too much about us working for the Lord. I mean, I don't, I don't remember that uh, in the ministry, working for the Lord. But there's a little thing there about allowing the Lord to work on us so that we could at least be useful to Him. And so this, this principle applies across the board, whether you're de- working with the children or the young people or on the campus or wherever, um, you have to be worked on. You just have to be worked on. And a natural zeal, uh, a natural kind of burden will not last very long, right. especially in the young people's work. So um, I hope uh, during this time, um, I, I have some feeling to fellowship with you Something about the structure of the work with the young people. Something about areas that really need to be developed. But I don't want to speak about that outside of the context of this recent training. Or, you know what I mean? I'm a little worried that... uh, Anyway, let's just say that whatever I'm going to say is built upon that taking the Lord as our person and living him. Uh, my, that's really what the young people need. My, if you could bless your young people with yourself as a pattern of someone who lives Christ, you have uh, really blessed the church. So uh, let, let me just start like this. Uh, in the Philippines, uh, many years ago, I forget when, yeah, I haven't, I haven't spoken publicly for over a year. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Maybe it's going to become quite apparent. It used to be all these things were just so, so fresh. I, I'm, I'm struggling up here. Uh, <laughs> I've been in, in, a, in a tunnel for a while. Uh, but anyway, Brother Lee gave some messages on the four pillars in the Lord's recovery. Truth, life, the church, and the gospel. And uh, when... When we linked up those messages in that book with the work with the young people, we realized that it was a, it was a, it was a direct match. The things that we had been so burdened about with the young people were just those things. It was the truth. You know, we have the summer school of truth. We're very burdened that our young people would be constituted with the truth. You know, we're not going to heaven. No, you need to be clear about that. It's not heaven. <laughs> You know, and so many matters of the truth, baptism, the blood, the assurance of salvation, the tree of life, the parts of man. I mean, these are very basic matters of the truth, but every one of them is licked, linked to the rich experience of the Lord and the enjoyment of the Lord. If you don't know that you have a spirit, suppose you still think you're a, a dichotomy of some sort, you're going to miss out on all the experiences of the Lord as the Spirit in your spirit. I grew up as a good Christian. I grew up in a denomination. I was eager. I was, you know, seeking. But I didn't know I had a spirit. And so the day I found that out, that little truth, you know, for many of us can testify, that changed everything. Changed our life. It opened up the experience of Christ. And all the truths do this. This is why we have trainings touching the truth because they all open up experiences of Christ and the enjoyment of Christ that we never had before. So we have to get 
the truth into the young people. Truth. For what? For life. So they could experience the Lord as life. This, brothers, this is why we pursue the truth. When the brothers speak things, sometimes we just hear it like taking Christ as our person and living him. And this becomes a slogan. You heard the brothers refer to this. And this is a slogan among us. And so we can throw these slogans around. Oh, we have to go home and figure this out. We have to study this and get into this. And is this really what's revealed in the scripture? Is, this, is there verses for this? Well, we got a whole outline pack showing all the basis for this. And uh, this then becomes a quest. You know, the brother said this morning how Paul was on this quest to know Christ. So because the truth opens up the experience of life and the enjoyment of Christ. And so this is why all our meetings with the young people, all our conferences with the young people are truth in life. Truth in life. Because they just go, go so well together. They're part of one another. Uh, so the four pillars are truth and life, the church, and the gospel. So we also realize that we have to get our young people into the church life. You know, I'm uh, currently, I've been living in Huntsville, Texas, and I never dreamt in my whole life that I would ever live not only in Texas, but in Huntsville, Texas, <laughs> which is a very uh, interesting little place. And there's a university there called Sam Houston State. And right now we have a, about anywhere from 20 to 30 brand new students, Huntsville kids, not, not one of them is a church kid, uh, meeting with us. And so we are just having a, the greatest time with the truth. And they're seeing things that they'd never seen before. You know, they're all Texas kids. They're all Christians, you know, because every Texan is a Christian. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> and they're seeing things. And, you know, it's, when they see things for the first time, you know how it is. It's like you, it's like you saw it for the first time. And so we've just been having the greatest time. But our burden is to get them into the church life. And we think, oh, yeah, you know, our labor on the campus, we always want to get them into the church life, so we get them into the homes and things like that. And many of us never thought, ever considered, that we should do the same thing with our, our young people, our junior hires and our high schoolers. In fact, we didn't want them in the home meetings because they would mess up the home meeting. But, you know, if they're saved and they're baptized... They belong in the church life. Where else? You got somewhere else for them? Does the Bible reveal another? Is there a third place, you know, or a, uh, another place that we're going to put them? No. We have, there are new ones. There are babies. There are newborn babes. And so we have to blend them into the church life. So what do we do? We bring them into the church life through the homes. This is very clearly revealed through, throughout the, uh, the ministry. And uh, you say, well, you know, our, our church is not set up for that. Well, then we have to study, brothers, how to get our young people into the church life. Not just young people meetings. Young people's meetings are not the church. They're part of the work. Just like a campus meeting is not, or a Chinese-speaking meeting, or a Korean-speaking. That's not the church life. The church life 
is the homes, the home life, the day-to-day and house-to-house kind of church life. So that's, so we got the, the truth, life, and now we're talking about the church and the church life. Oh, this is not easy. Um, but to push them into the small groups and the home meetings, they need to be in the church life, and they need to feel it. They need to have the different brothers to be their, their folks. You know, I got big brothers, I got little ones, I got some older than me, some younger. Oh, that's great, you know, uh, to have that kind of family life. And they become, they, that becomes your assembly. Read the messages from Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Not, you know, 25 says, not forsaking your own assembling together. That home meeting was your yeah. assembly. Right. That's your church. Yeah. It's just in, in a house. Don't say, don't say that's my church. And, you know, we, no, we practice the ground of the church. But it's got to be that personal and that mm-hmm. intimate. Yeah. Yeah. It's my meeting. It's my home. It's my, that's my church life. Yeah. And I get... You know, some from here and there, and old, you know, that old brother that tells all those stories, he's in that group. And, you know, you, 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 got, you got, it's like a miniature of the church. And uh, don't say you can't do it because we've been doing it. Uh, and uh, a little adjustment, you know, some of the saints were uh, reluctant to receive. They said, no, 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 don't, don't. We, we don't have a burden for the young people. Our burden's for the campus. So, uh, but, I mean, these junior high and high schoolers, in 20 minutes, they're going to be on a campus somewhere, you know, <laughs> just like that. And, and they're going to be a seed of the gospel there, and you're going to want new ones from that campus, right? So get them now. In fact, pursue them. Okay, that, but that's one aspect of the church life. Let me mention another one, and that is the service of the church. These young people can be brought into the church life often through the services, Amen. ushering and audio and uh, music, playing the guitar in the meeting or however, whatever the arrangement is, and children's meeting uh, to serve and to surround them with saints of different Ages, different kinds, different, oh my, they have a home meeting with him and they're serving with this sister um, in, in the children's meeting on that level. It's like you're casting a net over them from many different directions. They're bu- you know, they're building relationships in the church life and every relationship is a keeper. That's what keeps them. It's not the meetings, it's not those Conferences and those conference messages, it's people that keep them. And uh, the more people, the more saints they can serve with. And, you know, we fellowshiped many of these points before. Uh, we're bringing them in to serve, to serve with us. And then the ones they're serving with need to pick up a kind of burden to shepherd that one, to really care about that one. Um, so that a real kind of relationship can be developed. Uh, where I was before, there was, a, there was a brother who had a real heart for this, and he would go around and he would find some of the naughty boys, and he would recruit them to become ushers. <laughs> and they went from being naughty boys on the back row to standing at the door with an usher thing on their shirt, on their jacket, 
wearing a suit. You say, Mom, uh, the brothers want me to be an usher. We need to go buy a suit for me. You know, he, he's about this tall, and you know, by tomorrow he'll be, he'll grow out of it with no time. But he stood there with this thing, usher, and he's, he had a very official look on his face. And he's got his arm out. That means go this way, you know. It's great. Okay, so we're bringing them into the church life. So we're not, just, we're not just giving them the doctrine of the church, you know, the ground and this and that. No, it's the church, bringing them into the church life, through the homes and through the services of the church. And maybe there's other areas, ways we can link them with the brothers and sisters. And then we have the gospel, huh? The gospel. Wow. Well, you know... Um, the more we, about, well, it was about nine years ago, we began to fellowship in a very strong and definite way that we need to bring all the young people into a gospel kind of spirit. And this kind of atmosphere has to kind of take over our young people's work. And you might look at your young people and think, man, there's no way these guys are going to preach the gospel. But I can, I can assure you, they're all concerned about their friends. Even the, some of the naughtiest ones among us, you know, are worried about their friends' uh, salvation. And, you know, even in the churches, having a gospel meeting is something that we, we don't have very often, if ever. Uh, when, actually, when I was in Huntsville just a few weeks ago, I was with the brothers. I said, you know, the church in Huntsville, oh, Lord Jesus, this is being recorded. I have to be careful. <laughs> uh, you come on the Lord's Day, there might be 20, you know, 20, 15, 20 saints, and, they're all, and I'm like the youngest guy in the room, okay? So, uh, and so we're so, so encouraged with these young ones that are, that are coming. And uh, so we thought, brothers, we need a gospel meeting. I think, What? Are you kidding? I mean, they're looking at each other. Well, why not? Why not? Let's see who comes. Maybe, maybe one will come, and they'll get saved, maybe. We're, we're all the unbelievers, I guess, yeah, in this room. It wouldn't happen. But even in our churches, we've, we haven't practiced much at all concerning the gospel. This is one of the pillars. You know, this table is standing on four legs, and you miss one of those legs, and things get a little, une a little uh, unstable. But our Christian life and our church life is missing this, and this is one of the urgent needs that has to be an element of our work with our junior high and high schoolers and college students is the gospel, the gospel. And uh, it's not uh, uh, like an elective. This is a necessity. Amen. It's not just something if you really want some overcoming young people, you know, go preach the gospel. No, this is like life and death. Uh, when, when we first began to fellowship this, and I fellowshiped this particular burden many years here in this meeting, um, or over the years, uh, 
early on we realized that the goal of many of us in our work with the young people was just to keep them, preserve them in the church life. If we, Because we're losing them. And we thought, man, we're losing 50%. Maybe your place is 60 or 40 or more or less. You know, I don't know. We're scared to look because the numbers are not encouraging. So we thought, well, if we could just preserve them. I remember in some of our coordination meetings, we, that was it. It was like our number one kind of goal was preservation. Mm -hmm. So our meetings were for preservation, you know, mm -hmm. how to avoid the world and how to enjoy the Lord more. And, and it was on life. And, and, all, and we're missing this gospel gear, mm -hmm. this gospel uh, peace. And nothing works. Um, so... <clears throat> We realized, boy, we had some fellowship with Brother Andrew. We invited him, you know, to have in Southern California. And, and he said, this, this is really it. This is the burden. Brother Lee always had this burden, that the young people would be very active in the gospel. Um, and we saw, you know, even when we were putting that book together, we came across all those portions about uh, the children growing up to become seeds of the gospel in the junior high schools and the high schools and the colleges. And uh, we thought, goodness, this is not our habit. This is not our practice. We didn't have this as a kind of a goal. And uh, I, you know, I found one portion that was really disturbing, disturbing to me. Um, and that was reading about the, the talents. You know, in Matthew 25, how the Lord came and he gave to one five, to another one two, and to the third one he gave one. And the one that had five, he went out immediately and got five more. And then the one that had two, got two more. And the one that had one, he went off and he buried it in the earth. And when he had to face the Lord, he said, Lord, here, here's what you gave me. His goal was preservation. His goal was not increase. His goal was just to preserve what the Lord had given him. And the Lord called him an evil and slothful slave. In fact, at the end of Brother Lee's ministry, if you go back and read 91, 92 through 94, he gave a lot of messages about fruit bearing, vital groups, the group life, fruit bearing. And he tried to bring to our attention our desperate situation before the Lord concerning our barrenness. That one day we have to see the Lord and we have to give an account. He was so burdened. I mean, go back and read. I mean, it's frightening. Some of those messages think, well, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> We're not talking about that anymore. Uh, but no, no, no. It's still there. It's in print. And it's still requiring, requiring from us. Or you might say, well, praise the Lord, our church has a campus team. So we were, you know, they're good. You know, I'll just put my money in the box and and we'll support a campus team and they'll go out and preach the gospel for me, you know. Or we might say, oh, praise the Lord for the Lord's move in Germany, you know. <laughs> yeah, go, go get them. <laughs> uh, but he was talking about us as branches, you know. And to just keep what the Lord gave us is not even close to satisfy the Lord's demand. 
So, you know, I'm not trying to say something to direct the churches on what they should emphasize or not. But how can we expect our young people to be active in the gospel if this spirit, this atmosphere is not even that much in our locality? Um, I uh, wrote a, before Brother Benjamin passed away, I wrote him, this is a couple years ago, and asked him because he was very active in the gospel as a junior higher and a high schooler in Taiwan. And uh, we got a lot of help from him over the years in this matter. And I wrote to him and I asked, asked him, how did Brother Lee bring the young people into a gospel spirit and gospel burden? Because I went, how did he train the young people? I'm, Wouldn't you like to know that? Because he was one of the ones there. I thought, well, you know, how did Brother Lee do it? And and, you know, he didn't answer my email. And I, actually, I forgot about my email after a while. And so right before our semi-annual training, he knew he was going to see me here. So he called me to, uh, to give me the answer because he, he had delayed in answering me. And he said, well, you know, Brother Lee didn't train the, the young people. He trained the church. Oh, boy, that was really helpful. <laughs> He said, we were just there. And the whole church was brought into this, this burden. Um, and uh, he said the best, the, message that he, the messages that he was going over at that time are published in that series called Crucial Truths in the Holy Scriptures. Six books, I think. And in book three, lesson 25, 28, 28, is on preaching the gospel. And he said, that's, you know, we were just going through these lessons in the church. He was building up the church and through these kind of, this kind of training. And that was one of the, the trainings. And, and the whole church entered into this burden. Again, so I'm, I'm not saying this to try to tell the churches what they should emphasize, but what I am saying is that when this is missing from the young people's work, at best we can do a work of, of an evil and slothful slave and just try and hang on to what we have and just hope for the best. And we might, we might even comfort ourselves by saying, well, yeah, Brother Lee did say that it's up to the Lord's mercy, you know. But, uh, brothers, I feel like this needs a lot of study. And we're not done yet. We, I don't think any place can really feel that uh, we're satisfied that our young people have been brought into this kind of gospel spirit and gospel atmosphere. And that would continue. I mean, we might have uh, campaigns or little times when things get stirred up, but to bring them into this as an ongoing thing. So, okay. So I gave you the four pillars, okay? And, and I didn't do, well, anyway, I did a good job or not a good job, I don't know. But truth, life, the church, the gospel, okay? But, you know, when we began to consider how to apply this, it's in reverse order. What do you start with? You start with the gospel. Okay, now I'm going to really mess you up. We start with the gospel. Because what happens? You have to preach the gospel you got to study the truth, number one. Number two, you got to love the Lord. you gotta, you got to enjoy His life. And what else? You need the church. Otherwise, it's just a, an individual kind of thing. 
So, okay, brothers, let's, let's just say we're, we're a church here, and let's say that we're all serving the young people. Our church must be quite large because we have so many serving ones. This is, like, wonderful. <laughs> so we say, okay, brothers, uh, we have to bring in this kind of gospel spirit and gospel. So uh, what should we do? Okay, let, let's, have, let's just start with a gospel meeting, and then let's, in all of our shepherding, let's begin to perfect our young people to be concerned for their friends, their friends' salvation. And let's just, let's just talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's pursue it. Let's promote it. And uh, let's see what happens. So we get our young people. They all come together. We have a gospel meeting. And a good number gets saved. You know, we get some saved. You know, the brothers here in Anaheim have been going to the high schools. They get, it's easy. Get them saved. High schoolers is the, you know, we thought, my goodness, 20 years ago on the, on the campuses, UCs and things, uh, it's a lot easier than it is today. But our high schoolers are like uh, university students were 20 years ago. I mean, they're, uh, uh, they have their freedoms. They have their availability. They're quite sophisticated. And it's easy to preach the gospel to the high schoolers. So let's go get a bunch of high schoolers and get them saved. And so we get them saved. Okay, brothers, we got 50 saved. Now what are we going to do? I mean, we're a big church. Look, at, look at, we could take care of 50 easy. So, okay, what do you do? Well, you got to bring them into the homes. You got to bring them into the church life. Isn't that what you do? You, know, you do the home meetings where you nourish them. You'll have appointments with them. You'll meet them at McDonald's or at Burger King or something. You'll have some appointments with them. But then what's the next step is you got to get them into a group. But if you're not in a group, how are you going to get them in a group? So the gospel is, is the starting point that forces all the other pieces. So after we preach the gospel, we want to bring them into the church life. We want to bring them into, well, he's my friend. I'm, I mean, I'm the one that invited him, so I'm going to bring him to my, to my group meeting. Um, but if we haven't already laid the foundation of getting them into the group meetings, then you know, it's not that, not that easy. So they need the groups. And we bring them. That becomes the container. A young people's meeting is not a container. You think, well, these new ones, we could just bring them to the young people's meeting. And that's actually, that's okay. That's wonderful. It's not bad. But ultimately, they need the church life. And uh, we can feed them a little bit in, in a young people's meeting or a college meeting. Y you know those of you that labor on a campus, you get them to the campus meeting or you get them to the weekly Bible study. That's one light layer, or the campus meeting is another layer, but you want them in the homes. They're not remaining fruit till they're, you know, sealed in the home meeting. Even if they don't come on the Lord's Day, they're in the home meeting. They're in the church life. Uh, and then they need to be baptized. Well, who's going to tell them? Well, the young person, the shepherding has got to tell them. You know, got to bring them to baptize them or baptism or the assurance of salvation or the precious blood. You know, these are all the things we're enjoying so much right now in Huntsville. Boy, when you, when you begin to talk to somebody about the assurance of salvation, where they thought that they could lose it, and you show them the truth in the word, they, they're not going to believe it. It's like, I can't believe this. I'm... <laughs> And then you talk to them about the blood. You know, one of our, our students uh, brought her dad. He got saved. And we baptized him. I was there. I baptized him. I was in that meeting. 
And then later, he was just so condemned because he keeps having all these failures. And so some saints went over to the house, to their house, to talk to them about the blood of Christ, the precious blood of Christ. <laughs> wow. Is that, is that really possible? I could, I could be cleansed and forgiven? Uh, so now they, they need to know, they need to learn some of the truths. So what's driving that? is the new ones are driving it. And the gospel, which produces the new ones, is driving the need for us to know the truth. And you're going to preach the gospel? Well, you better read the Bible. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, all these things start, it's the, it's the gospel gear that turns all the other gears. This is the first step of the God, that's why it's the first step of the God-ordained way, because it's the gear that turns all the other gears. And you know what, brothers? Between the groups and the gospel, every group should be preaching the gospel. Again, read the book. He wanted, he thought we could have people getting saved in our homes every week or every other week. We'd have a gospel meeting in our home, in our group. You know, our groups, we kind of just get together and read a morning revival day or something and and uh, we read around and those are gospel meetings you know and we've turned them into something something else but anyway forgive me I'm but it pushes it drives the gospel gear drives the church life drives the need for the truth and drives our need to enjoy the Lord. You know, you're not going to preach the gospel if you're not fresh, loving the Lord and enjoying Him. Uh, so these are the four pillars. Don't forget them. Truth, life, the church, and the gospel. And so I'm not talking about lessons on Saturday night young people's meeting, you know, by digesting those messages in the Philippines. You should digest them, but... Uh, Actually, he really talks about the young people in those, in those messages, too. So anyway, this is my portion, and uh, I'll say this much, and I'll pass the mic to Brother Ricky. He can, he can re- recover you all. <laughs> I'll start by saying something about the gospel meetings. In, in the book, The Advance of the Lord's Recovery Today, which, which can be considered like somewhat, uh, uh, Brother Lee never used this term, uh, but, but I, I feel like it describes properly. It's like the thesis, the final product of the God-ordained way. And a few, a few years ago, Brother Benson was encouraging, actually at, at a spring itero, that we would read this book. I think it may have been four years ago. I don't know if you recall. The Advance of the Lord's Recovery Today. And he made this point that if you study the, Brother Lee's writings in the, that period of 84 to 89, don't study chronologically. You have to start with this book. And it's even taller than the other books. Well, 
there was a pr there was a mistake, and and eventually it wasn't taller. But the original editions and the new editions, you may have one in the middle, uh, are actually taller than our standard book. And you know there are a few books that Brother Lee directed. They should be a different size, so that did you know this? So that when they're in your library, and you have them uh, alphabetically. You know, chronologically even, but they stand. They have to stand out, like God's New Testament economy, right? You know that book is taller, a little wider, but this book, it's not. It's only eleven chapters. The Advance of the Lord's Recovery Today, I think it's 1989. It's a, it's it's actually a combination of three conferences that that he gave in Boston, Cleveland, and Anaheim, and he gave. He, if I understand correctly, he used the same outlines, which he, har he hardly ever did. We use the same outlines like a, all, the all the time. He would not do that. He used these set of outlines, and he gave three conferences, and then he gave this project to Brother Ed Marks and told him, put message one, message one, message one together, and, and don't leave anything out. And so it became 11 chapters. But it's actually, I think, four or four messages, some, you know, and so uh, maybe five. But but uh, in this book, which which again is like the his conclusion concerning the God ordained way. Um, in message three, Brother Lee bashes the large gospel meeting. He speaks very negatively about them. And he says, we're not for this uh, because those large gospel meetings replace the function of the saints. And the crux of the God-ordained way is to bring every saint into their organic function. So he didn't like to see a gospel meeting where all you do is hand out invitations and you're not developing your organic function. You're just bringing people to listen to a good speaker. Yeah. Although that gets people saved, right? I mean, that, that does get people saved. Okay. But when he says large gospel meeting, I don't know what we have in our mind. Most of our churches are not large. So even if you have the whole church together, that's not a large gospel meeting. He's talking about 10,000 people. That's what he's talking about, because they practice that. They practice that in Taiwan, and he says eventually it didn't work. Okay, But that's chapter 3. Keep reading. Chapter 11, I think it's the last chapter, he says that we should have monthly gospel meetings. Monthly gospel meetings, even if I'm not mistaken, he says gospel conferences. Yeah have a weekend of gospel meetings so that the brothers who have the evangelistic function among us can use their gift and, and the saints bring their friends. However, and this is the difference, this does not replace the organic function of the saints. All the saints should be, and read the whole book for the rest of it, all the saints are brought into their organic function and preaching the gospel in their schools, in their neighborhoods, in their work, in their families. And, and then 
bringing their even saved fruit to the weekend gospel conference. Then he says, there they can hear a good gospel presentation and their salvation can be confirmed. To them it's like a gospel truth meeting. And then they're strengthened in their salvation. Then, you, then what if you ba- have monthly baptism? Then the whole church would celebrate together. But you see, it's not that you just, you know, you just invite to the, to the, to the, to the meeting. So the organic, we're bringing the saints into their organic function, but we are having still a church-wide gospel meeting. With this kind of atmosphere, the young people, you just bring them into what the church is doing. Amen. Actually, it's, it's, a, it's double. Yeah. It's bringing them into a gospel spirit and bringing them into the church life because they're just doing what the church is doing like Brother Benjamin's testimony, right? And so I feel, brothers, there may have been big misunderstanding and a lack among us since the 80s that gospel meetings are bad. No, we don't do that. That's the Christianity way. Brother Lee never said that. If you look carefully, Brother Lee never said that. The proper gospel meetings are very, very functional. And we have found in our experience that the gospel meetings, can, when used properly, can really stir up the saints in the gospel burden so that they are burdened personally for the gospel. And I think our experience, we found, it's the best way to bring the young people into the gospel burden. Because there's a, there's a target. There's a target date. And we're trying, and, and even if, the, I tell you, even if they're just inviting I mean the young people now. Yeah. Even if they're just inviting, mm-hmm. we help them to pray. Yeah. What are the names? We help them to coordinate together. Mm-hmm. We help them to prepare. They prepare the, like the gospel brochure, what's, what we're going to use there, which songs, to prepare testimonies, to be very active in, in, in the gospel burden. But many of them, they actually preach the gospel as a result of that, because you get into conversations. What are you inviting? What are you inviting me to? And the whole thing. So it really is true that the gospel gear turns all, all, the, all the others. Um, anyway, we just present that for as a fellowship. As Brother Tom said, we're not directing any place or whatever. But, but I'd like to make it clear what Brother Lee's burden was or wasn't. And, and please be very careful in the reading that he, his, it was ne- he never said that, that gospel meetings are not beneficial. He talked about gospel meetings in homes, and that's, that's true. But even to have, you read that, a gospel conference, actually monthly gospel conference he talks about. So anyway, to consider that. I'd like to fellowship with you as briefly as possible, actually, because we like, actually, really like some interaction and fellowship for many of you. Um, I would say four impressions that I have. Um, I'll just mention them because they really merge together, so I, this is not... I, I just want to share what's in, in my heart, in my observations recently, even for maybe the past year. Um, 
the first I would say is we need to know the age. We need to know the age. And we need to know our young people, and that is, we need to know young people today. Young people today. Um, you can call that two things. You can call that one thing. Um, Brother Lee said in the little booklet, How to Lead the Young People, when he talks about showing interest, in the, in, that's his first major point in our shepherding, in the six points there. He talks about studying the problems of the young people. And these two, the, the, uh, this applies to these two things. I'll come back to that. Um, we need to know the young people, I mean, know the age. We need to know the young people. I also feel we need to learn better how to listen. How to listen to the ones we're shepherding, to the ones we're burdened for. You know, in, the, in Brother Nee's fellowship, the character of the Lord's worker, the first chapter, the first point is being a good listener. And, and the final thing is, which, again, these kind of merge together. I feel like we need to seize the opportunity. And I feel like there's something in front of us that we, we just need to seize the opportunity. Um, in, in, in knowing, in knowing the, the age and knowing the young people, maybe we just merge these. Um, I think last year we, we talked about, uh, here, uh, we talked about a few issues that are before us, we cannot avoid. When you're helping young people today, eventually you have to talk about um, the homosexuality issue, uh, LGBTI and Q, and you, ha you have to, you have to address, be able to address these things. It doesn't mean we focus our meetings on these, but we have to be able to address this, and, and periodically, we probably need to say things publicly. Uh, and that has, I think, uh, a, at least a twofold burden, and that is to make clear what the Word says, right, and to strengthen the conscience of our young people, the majority of our, of our, of our young people, but also to give the ones who are struggling a way to come to us so that we can speak about things and we're, I, I, maybe I would use the word, even comfortable speaking about the things in, in, a, in, in a way that's not attacking, that it was, that's with a pure spirit. That's with, that's with a pure spirit. So that those who are struggling might have a way. We need to be a door to people. Right? The Lord, in, in the chapter on shepherding, in John 10, it also says, I am the door. And this is this, and I say, the, all these things are kind of merging. This has to do also with listening. We, ha we, have, to, we have to give our next generation the confidence that we listen to them. That we, that we are hearing them, their struggles. Mm. And that we want to 
when, when we talk about God's economy, yes, our goal, our, we're clear about the central work. The young people's work is not the main thing we're doing in the, in the church life. It's not the central work of God. The central work of God is to dispense himself, to rot himself into man. Now the Lord gives us these men, these human beings from babyhood, from, from, from infancy through whenever, and they're in our midst. They are human beings, and we want God to work himself into them. But they are in a particular setting, and they face particular problems, so they have particular obstacles for God to get into them. So what we are trying to do is isolate those obstacles and remove them one by one so that God can get into every one of our children and grandchildren and our next generation. We, we want the Lord to, to, reach, to reach them. But to but the Lord to reach them, we need to reach them. We need to reach them. And our shepherding, we need, we need to be where they are and, 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 and reach them and, and listen to them. So we have to know. And, and uh, you know, recently we, we had a, uh, our Northeast Conference. Several of the brothers are here uh, with the high schoolers two weeks ago. And in that conference, we, we took a survey. And we do this, things like this periodically. Just seven questions. Just seven questions. And uh, I don't know if you brothers heard about, uh, about that. Uh, because the uh, Virginia kids were with us. Um, we asked them, what, what, are the, what are the biggest challenges that youth in America are facing today? And very interesting wow. to see their, their answers. Three, we wanted three, three responses. What are, then, what are the challenges that, the major challenges that the kids in your school are facing today? Because that could be different, could be the same. And then, that's three answers. Then the next, what's the biggest challenge you're facing? Very specific. Of course, anonymous. Then we asked, uh, was, uh, if you could change one thing in your young people's meeting, what would it be? <laughs> And what would, you like the young, what would you like the topics in your young people's meeting to, to be addressed? What would you, you know? And uh, that was five. Remember the last two words? Oh, what, 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 what are the things that, that, yeah, what are the things that quench your fire? Quench your, because we were on Second Timothy, just like uh, the conference here in this area in January. Um, Except we, we changed the title. Uh, we changed the title. The, instead of the inoculation against the decline of the church, our title was, Oh, Timothy! Amen. Guard the deposit. Because it was all on 2 Timothy. And so, and so we were on this you know, fan into flame. So what quenches your fire? Okay? And then the last question was, what's the biggest obstacle that you face in preaching the gospel to your friends? The answers are very interesting. Uh, I haven't really studied all of them, you know, that deeply. But, but we, it's very helpful. It all, and then we had some sessions where in groups they were able to talk about these things. And then in the lar- one of the larger meetings, you know, we addressed generally some of the things. To give them the impression we're listening. At least we're trying to. We're trying to listen, to know, so that we can apply 
God's central work to that, to, to you. And, and they, as far as the America, problems in America, and also in their schools, at least the, the high schoolers. I didn't study the, senior, the, the junior hires' answers too much. But the high schoolers, by far, the, 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 the three things on top, both brothers and sisters, then, the, then there's a drop-off, is drugs, alcohol, and depression. Those, are the, those, are the, 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 those were the top three. And they said, this is America, and this is my school. These were the answers like, I mean, after, after this, there was a big drop. So with the depression, it was matters of like suicide, uh, peer pressure, you know, all those things mixed together. But they said drugs, alcohol, and very interesting, they said with drugs, in, both the sisters and the brothers said, including caffeine. The energy drinks. Energy drinks. And... Um, and including vaping. Vaping. There was a New York Times article just recently. VAP, you know. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, no, no. There's their answers. They, we just said three. Tell us the top three. Three blanks. And, and that's, yeah. Um, New York Times article said vaping epidemic among teenagers in America today. This was just uh, recently. Um, so this is what they're saying. And then, and then the, it, but it was it was this order, like drugs and alcohol were, you know, top, top two, and then mental illness, depression, whatever. Then, but they're facing. They didn't say these things. They, they said academic pressure, the future, and stress, the, the, these kind of things. But, but we, then we pointed out to the serving saints, if you don't reach them, this leads to all those. The stress will lead to the alcohol. The stress w- will lead to depression, to the substitutes. So... We need to listen, and we need to know where they are. And, and, they, and they said w- w- the things, uh, t- like, like what topics, they actually were not that specific, they said, but they said relevant topics, issues. They want to know how to address issues. And really, it's relevancy. They want us to address things. But again, it's not that we're proposing, oh, let's... Let's now start talking about it. The point is we have to learn how to apply God's economy to all these things. And we can, brothers. We can. We can. When we touch the matter of homosexuality, we start with Genesis chapter 1. God's image and dominion. And then it's verse 26, 27, and 28. Answers that. So that we, for all these things, we have... We, we need to be in God's economy and clear about God's economy when we, but we have to help them, where the, reach them, shepherd them. But you know, today's, today's young people uh, with, with the media, with the electronics, with, you know, 
everything's so instant and interesting. You know, our meetings are not interesting. <laughs> I mean, it, admit it. Let's face it. Uh, many of our, you know, are you that good a speaker that you can keep kids for an hour? Who's, who could do that? Not an, and, if, and if you could, not anymore. Not anymore. They've changed. The, our audience has changed. So uh, I was telling some of the brothers here recently, we, we need to consider, study, and catch up. And honestly, I, I just as an, I mean, just an example, I'm learning how to speak more with PowerPoint. You know, we have our camp there, Penuel in the Northeast. First thing we did was equip it with, you know, so in, in the large hall there, we're speaking, and there's a, I tell you, for this, uh, just a little example. This is not, uh, you understand. In chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, we told them, Paul, Paul is, you know, this is his last writing. He's desperate. No new teachings. So in 1 Timothy chapter 1, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy, he says, remind. That's a big word. Remind. He's reminding Timothy. So you just put the word remind. You, you know what I mean? The first slide is remind. That, that helps them. They, oh, remind. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. It's not a big thing. And then, and then he says, what? Fan into flame. Click. Fan. So it says remind fan. And there, oh. That helps. And then he says what? Guard. Guard the deposit. I'm not trying to give you the message. I'm just trying to, you understand. So then, the next one is all three. And then the next one with the the verses. To have the verse there. You know, it's very interesting. I've spoken with maybe up to about 25 slides in an hour presentation. I have like 25 slides. And then I noticed because... I didn't tell the brothers, turn it off. So we sit down. Then they're prophesying. So, so many kids, when they come up, they refer to the last slide. What's on the... Because they're, it's visual. And it, it, impre- it impresses them. I just mentioned this. That just as an example. You know, we, we, need to, we need to be wise. We need to reach them. And if that's what helps, why not? It's an exercise. It's a change. I'm, I'm a lecturer. I've grown up to be a lecturer. I got to, you know, just talk, 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 talk. Long. So we got to shorten and be more interesting. But that's not, don't, don't misunderstand. This is not to compromise. Adult, not to adulterate the word of God. But so that the word can get into them. Amen. And sometimes, brothers, shorter, we found this, shorter is better. Shorter is better. With a few of the visual aid, they get the point maybe even faster. So, and, and, and to incorporate more interactive group fellowship. And so we do this for our summer school, uh, uh, the summer school of truth, because Brother Lee t- told us the most important part is the, gr- is the small groups fellowship. So now we just incorporate this into our conferences. We, we used to have a meeting with 
I mean, a, a weekend uh, from, you know, we used to, we, we would use the Good Friday, Easter, you know, that, that, that weekend. In the Northeast, you can start a conference Thursday night. You can get 200 people. By Friday, 300 people for the weekend. So, some, but sometimes we would have like eight or nine messages. And then we realized less messages, more groups. And in the messages, use the, you know, things like that, PowerPoint or something. It gets the point. So this is what I mean. We, we, we need to know the, know the age even in this and know the effect on our kids. <clears throat> Another thing, um, you know, recently, I guess it was about a month ago, maybe three, three, three weeks ago. Um, well, you know this. You're, you're familiar with the shooting in, in Florida, in uh, Parkland. And... Uh, as a result of that, there was a demonstration in Washington, D.C., called the March for Our Lives. And then this was reproduced in various places. I still recall, I was in Boston that day, that Saturday, and uh, with the saints there. And uh, on the way home, a brother was driving, I just turned my phone on just to catch up on the news and my email, and the pictures impressed me very much. And they, they showed an aerial view of, of the sea of humanity surrounding. It was the capital, right? The capital. And um, then reports of, you know, half, half a million. I don't know if that was, that's accurate or not. But anyway, um, even if you discount 50%, it's impressive. And I don't, I wouldn't discount 50%. Um, to have hundreds of thousands of teenagers, teenagers. Brothers, I haven't seen anything like that since the 1960s. A cause that would spark something in this generation. Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not making any political you, you, statement. We're, you know, we're totally not in that realm. I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into that. And of course, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's horrid what happened that, that uh, you know, young lives just snuffed out that way. Uh, who would not, not be against violence, you know, the gun violence in the schools? All of us are, you know, we see the enemy just outright attack to, to, to just snuff out young life. That's, that's it's just it's evil. It's more than evil. So, but, I, but I'm not really talking about that. I'm not talking about that issue. What I'm talking about is that somehow, and, and, and I also, and, and the, uh, some of those kids are very visible, you know, from the survivors from the, the school, very visible. And uh, I, I'm not getting into that. And, you know, those high school kids... There's no way they can put on a production like what they was put on in, you, you understand. In, there's some, there's a machinery behind it. Yeah, okay. I'm not, I don't want to get into that either. My point is, there were a few hundred thousand teenagers, teenagers that got stirred up for something. And, and I would tell you, brothers, I didn't know this generation had it in them. I, I'm serious. I didn't know. I was so impressed by that. And I feel, Lord, 
Are you doing something? Will you do something at the end of the age like you did in the 60s? You know what the Lord did? No, sorry. What happened in the 60s in America? I was, now I was a child during that time. I was a child in the, in, in the 60s. Some of you are a little bit older. You, 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 actually lived, you actually lived that. Yeah. But that was college age. The, and maybe, you, are you all familiar with Kent State? Maybe the ones that are not from America may not know that. If you say Kent State now, it means something. There was a protest at Kent State University in Ohio. And, and some... Some I don't know if it was police or National Guard shot some on the crowd, and that that just I was fueled to the fire for this demonstration, and and that people were protesting at that time the the war in Vietnam, our involvement in the war in Vietnam, okay, but that galvanized and the the, the youth of America against the establishment, against the government, but that was college age kids, and you know we were in a war. And at that time, it, it, it wasn't a voluntary army. It was the draft. So, yeah, yeah. so every family was touched by this issue. Every family. If you had children that, that were teenage, you know, uh, sons, you know, 17. Turn, and my brother, my brother was there. My brother was, was uh, in the Navy on, on the shore in, a, in an aircraft carrier. So we know that. But there were the protests and protests and marches and, you know, there was a cause. There was a cause at that time. But the Lord used that. The Lord used that. Actually, quite a number of our older generation, they were, they were turned to the Lord during that time. And that coincided with Brother Lee's coming to the U.S. And the, and the springtime of the Lord's recovery in this nation. That was, that was like all in the 60s. That was all in the 60s. When I saw those pictures, and then I, I got, when I got home, I, 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 I watched the, the two hours of, I didn't watch every speech, but I went to some key ones that I wanted to hear, and, and, and just to get a little taste of what, what it was they were, you know. Because I want to know what our kids are listening to. What are they hearing? And Brothers, I was just impressed. Lord, could it be that you would do something at the end of the age to stir the teenagers, to stir something in our teenagers? Brothers, this generation, to me, is characterized by apathy, self-centeredness, entitlement, yes, entitlement, and instant gratification. But here were kids that uh, in D.C., but they came from all over the nation. They went there for a cause. I don't even know if they understood what the cause is. They agree with the cause, but they wanted to be part of something bigger than themselves. And there's something, there's eternity in every man's heart that wants to be part of something bigger than me. To have a, a reason, to have a, a, a cause, to have a cause. Now, I do not believe 
I do not believe at all that this issue of gun control can, can galvanize a movement like that. I, I don't agree. I, I, I don't agree. A war, that's, much, that's different. And a, and a draft that touches every family, that's a totally different situation. I don't see how this can, be, can do that. But still, it's like a spark was lit. And, and I, I feel we need to seize this opportunity that the young people, it shows they haven't lost it. That the youth of today, they're the same. They can overcome their gadgets and their movies and this and that. If you give them a, the right message, they will respond. That, that's what I'm saying. That there's, there is a hunger still that has not been quenched by the world and by all that the world has to offer. That, that they can be stirred to hunger for something. And, and, and I feel, oh, now's the time for the gospel to stir our young people. That, and I don't know how many of, them, of our young people, I don't know what their response is to this whole march for our lives. I asked one of the brothers, were any of our kids, did they go? Or, I, you know, and, and some maybe would go just out of curiosity, just to say they were there. You know, just to, you know, you know, part of the, you know, part of the crowd. But I, I feel like our kids need to see that from this perspective, that their peers are crying out for something. Even if it's the, justice, equality. Actually, it's, it's, it's not that. It's not those things. Actually, it's Christ. Christ is the desire of the nations, even though the nations don't know that they desire Christ. The nations are desiring so many things, but actually, the answer to their desire is Christ. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, that we could somehow infuse our young people, that they would be stirred at this time. But, but brothers, I wonder... I do wonder, is the Lord doing something in America, in North America, and in Europe? Because it, it kind of flows together. There's demonstrations here that they'll be there too. It's, you, you know, that's, the way, that's the way it works. Is the Lord doing something? Or will the Lord do something in this generation here at the end of the age to gain, to gain some? For what, he, for, for what he wants to do. If so, brothers, we need to, see, we need to seize, seize this opportunity. And, but but it's, this is with what Brother Tom shared. It seize it with, with the gear of the gospel, which sets everything else into motion. And really, it's that our young people could, could, could realize they have what this generation is actually longing for. They have that deposit. They have God's eternal purpose. They have the answer to the longing of eternity uh, in them. So maybe, maybe for now I'll just say, would you like to add anything? Brothers, we just open for your fellowship. things. Oh, the things I said. Yeah. No...
the age, know the young people, listen, learn to listen, and then seize the opportunity. Seize the opportunity. Amen. Well, maybe one, one more thing. And we have a handout here that we'd, I don't know if we want to give it out. Maybe we'll just let you come and pick it up after or whatever the best way to. Um, this, pass it now. Good brothers, could you help please in the four sections? This is, this is a, uh, just two pages. The source is this book here, Crucial Elements of God's Economy. So very thin. I think it's six messages, right? Uh, this is actually a, a, a conference Brother Lee gave in New York City in 1978. But uh, just a little context first before touching the content. Uh, and this is, I believe, September 78. Um, it's very significant because something happened in August 78 that is a real turning point in our history that August 78 was really the beginning of the clearing up of the turmoil that we were passing through. And uh, that in the 77 and 78, and Brother Lee, to kind of uh, respond to the turmoil, he never spoke things from the podium, you know, like what the brothers said, that calling people rebel, you know, he, he never called anybody out. Um, and... But his responding was to minister to the churches and to visit nearly every locality in North America, including Canada. And he went church by church, church by church. Most of those messages appear today in a, in a publication called Life Messages, just simply Life Messages. And, and uh, during that period of time, I was... I was a, a, a college student he, living here in Anaheim, and then eventually I moved to Irvine. And so in the conference here, he shared on abiding. That was like, kind of like the main theme, abiding in the Lord. And he talked about the practices of, right? He'd tell us about read your Bible, have morning watch, and confess your sins. That was like the thrust of what he was telling us. It was like young people's meeting. But it was very basic. But under the line of abiding in the Lord. And he'd visit place by place. And I was so surprised when he did this. And it was here in, in Anaheim. We were probably in the same, in that meeting. And, and he says, now, instead of testimonies, we'll open for questions. And I said, oh, I was shocked. Yeah. And so saints would just stand up and say, Brother Lee, da, 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 this. And, uh, the meeting that I was in that I, I remember, a brother said, Brother Lee, you told us that we have to have personal morning watch. Um, and and uh, I have to get up at 5.30 or leave the house at 6 or something. And how, what do I do about my corporate morning? And he, and he gave this answer. And you'll find it in that book, Life Messages. He said, he said uh, personal morning watch is like the textbook in a course and corporate morning watch is like the reference books that was his answer 
Yeah. So if you're only going to get one, you've got to buy a textbook, right? Personal time. So that was his. Any, my point is, he was, yeah. But then, if you, I, I don't know if now the book has the places he went to, but in the collected works, it gives you the chronology in the beginning. It tells you all the places that he went. And he would, for example, he'd go to, if he'd go to the south, he'd visit Atlanta, Miami, you know, all the places there. Then he'd come to Anaheim. Then he'd go back to Boston, Hartford, New York. And then he'd go back. Then oh, around the Ohio, you know, you could see the circuit. Okay. In New York, he gave these messages. And in, at the last message, someone asked these two questions. And these two questions are concerning how do I get my child to go to the church meeting? And what's the second one? Should my child go to a university? Oh, don't, yeah, yeah, about yeah, away or back. There's three questions. And, and then about, about movies and watching TV. Yeah, so we, we just give you the answer. It's not that we're going to go through this, and this is for your personal edification. Um, but some here have actually been helped very much by this. We'll probably give some testimony uh, about that. My point is, to, to mention this now, is this is in line with this matter of listening. And you'll see one of the answers, he's, he's asking about dormitory. They ask, oh, is it safe to send my child away, go to a dormitory, or should they live with us and saints and whatever? He said, he said actually, you have 15, 16 years to prepare your child for this decision. So... <laughs> Yeah. Some people think, oh, I didn't realize that I was, I, I missed it. That's, and that's my point. And then, should I send my, is, what about movies and TV? And his point is, actually, you're interested in right now. It's an issue now. You could have been working on this all along. How? By spending time with your children. Spending time. And, and you'll see at the, at the I think it's at the, in, in the last one, he says, well, the, the, end, the end to question two, the end to question two, uh, that, that second paragraph, says, to raise children is not, as, not easy or simple. It requires that we spend much time with our children. The more time we spend, the better. We should spend at least two hours every evening doing nothing but being with our children, talking to them, teaching them something, this will make them happy and give them some training. If we do not spend uh, time with our children, we should expect that they will have problems. Then he's very understanding. Although we cannot always afford to spend that much time with our children, the principle is we need to spend as much time with our children uh, as possible and give them the proper uh, education according to their age. But I think it's at the, in, in the answer to number th three. He says, besides the church meetings... We should spend all our time on our children. I told Brother Tom, I never heard a statement like that in all the other writings. Besides the church meetings, we spend all our time on, on our children. So the, the, this, is, this is part of what we're talking about. Listening. Because when you're just with them, that creates a kind of atmosphere that they can tell you anything. Yeah. 
And the best is, the best is, the first line of defense would be the parents, that they could tell the parents anything. But if not, then we, need, we should be right behind. We should be right behind. And, and, and be able to listen, to understand that they have a safe place where they can, where they can open up. Anyway, we're just open, brothers, to any fellowship you all may have.